Welcome everyone to another episode of Overcome. Today, I'm very excited to talk with an old friend of mine. We met some years ago when she was still training to become an IFBB pro. And she actually did. She conquered her pro card in the bodybuilding uh, industry. She did an amazing job there. And then she migrated to uh, IBJJF to become a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu athlete. And since then, she has doing amazing things in this field. She won the World Championship for last year. She won the PAN this year. Uh, yesterday, she actually won double gold in the Houston Pro Open. So there is a lot of things to talk to her about this transition from Brazil, uh, from bodybuilding to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and, and you're going to learn a lot of insights from someone that knows about nutrition, uh, physical training, and Jiu-Jitsu. And, of course, a lot of good stories about overcoming obstacles. So let's get it started. My friend Cassidy Welch, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here today. Hello, Yuri. How are you? Good, good. Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to have you here, mainly after uh, another double gold yesterday. Uh, congratulations uh, for such an amazing achievement. I was not expecting something else because it's becoming very common for you to, to do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yesterday was a, a good success. We uh, love the Houston Open. It's a big tournament for Gracie Baja, Texas, so uh, because it's in our hometown. So we we do try really hard at that tournament, and so it was good. It was a it was a good feeling to uh, bring home double gold again. Um, and that's been for me. That's it. Fe- I have this feeling of like I have to because for the last two years, two and a half years, I've won that tournament. So I feel like pressure every year that like, okay, I feel like people are coming after me. And, and uh, so it was good to, to win that, that, that particular tournament. Yeah, it's almost like you have to defend your title, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that, especially that one. And that one's, that one's really important for my professor, for Draculino. So like, it's really important that we do well at, at Houston Open, I feel like. I, I almost feel more pressure at Houston Open than I do even whenever I compete at, at bigger tournaments like like the Worlds and and Pans, um, really I feel, interesting. I don't know why. It, it's just because because that that tournament is so important to to us. We mm-hmm. we've won to the team, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and then probably there is a big expectation on you as well, uh, competing at home and all that. So it puts more pressure. You know what? I actually don't feel that I because. Um, it's interesting, especially right now with COVID and everything. Um, but we don't have you know spectators, so that aspect of it doesn't feel so much like pressure. Uh, so it doesn't really matter if I'm traveling because social media makes it to where everyone's going to see everything, and you know we have Flow Grappling recording all of our matches mm-hmm. where I, I compete. So like it's it's worldwide online on TV. Sometimes I was on fight. UFC fight pass recently. Oh, so. I saw that it was amazing. It was it was cool because both of you were laughing during the 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 picture. It was very friendly environment. Well, uh, me and Melissa have competed before um, at Third Coast Grappling, so um, this is our second competition. And she's just a she's a she's a personal. She's kind of like 
it's almost like competing against myself. She's um, my similar age, which is not normal. Normally, I'm competing against much younger girls in super fights. So she's actually my age. She's a personal trainer as well. Um, she's, uh, you know, she she lifts a lot. She she understands the transition from kind of a bodybuilding mentality to jujitsu. She's super strong like me. Mm-hmm. So it's a good matchup. And we're just good friends. We, we, you know, I feel like the Houston area has some really good female um, athletes and we all are pretty, you know, we see each other a lot. We all compete at a similar tournament. So, uh, you know, we're friends and, yep. and, and then we compete and, and competition for me is not a fight. It's more like a chess match. Mm-hmm. Now, this, uh, the, the theme of this uh, podcast is overcome and I'd like to start uh, talking about um, the overcome, the first overcome, because I met you uh, when we were training for bodybuilding shows here in, in the DFW area, and you were mm-hmm. chasing your pro card during that time. It, it, yeah. it didn't come in the first attempt, and, and we know that bodybuilding takes a long time to really build the physique uh, on the national stage level. So uh, how, it, how was the feeling of achieving that pro card do you think that that feeling of overcoming all these obstacles it, it was probably the best feeling uh, on your career so far mm. no you know um honestly i think jujitsu um for me has the the winning and jujitsu has been a more fulfilling um feeling for me than bodybuilding did bodybuilding was unique and bodybuilding for me and I think everyone has a different reason why they love bodybuilding or choose bodybuilding um for me bodybuilding was a time when um I had gone through a divorce it was like a weird tra- it was almost like a a um like I'd gone through a breakup and I it was my rebound <laughs> boyfriend <laughs> it's kind of what bodybuilding was for me And and it's kind of like my ex boyfriend now. Well, but you were passionate about, and 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 what I would like you to put yourself into is the feeling at the exactly moment. Because right now, of course, you are way more passionate about BJJ. But of if course. you if you recall that time, that feeling, oh. that moment, I'm pretty sure that was amazing. It no, it was it was it was it was incredible. Um, but I I had worked so hard up to up to like the last. I don't know, three months before uh, I went to North Americans where I won my pro card. Um, I, at that point, had really decided, like, because winning your pro card as a female, you know, there, there's so much that goes into that next level. So it was like, if if I win my pro card, then what am I going to do with my pro card? Yep. And I, that, for me... Winning my pro card meant I was done bodybuilding for me, and I knew that. Okay. And it's like a bittersweet, maybe, because I was not going to um, continue. I wasn't going to continue bodybuilding at that level. I, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't go to that level without without starting to do some real damage to my body. Right. And, and and also in so on that line of thought, you actually never thought of doing a pro debut. You never had a no. pro debut, right? Nope. Um, I was I just couldn't because I wasn't willing to to do the you know do all of the things that it was going to take to to do that, mm-hmm. which is you know 
put, putting substances in my body that, that were going to chemically change me probably forever. Right. And that happens, you know, so I knew um, I had reached the maximum level that I could um, and and that, that things were going to have to change if I wanted to continue bodybuilding and if I won my pro card. Now, if I hadn't won my pro card, you know, I was going to continue probably to until I won my pro card because I'm I'm that way. I, I set goals and I'm I go and accomplish them. And and at the time, you know, as you know, I was coaching. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of clients who were bodybuilders, right. some professional bodybuilders. Um, I was posing professional bodybuilders. So I had a lot of pressure from the industry and I worked with one of the best bodybuilding coaches, yep. you know, in Dallas and in probably in the nation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and honestly, know. I think that the pro card set the foundation for you for what you are today as a professor, a personal uh, trainer. So you gain a lot with that pro card. You build your your brand. Um, so as much as you are not doing bodybuilding anymore, I think you always gonna be <laughs> mm -hmm. someone involved because you are a personal trainer. It, so it, it builds your who you are. Absolutely, it's very much. The, the foundation of who I have become um, as an adult, you know, as a as a grown up and and as a human and as a coach and and trainer and uh, you know I own a gym as a you know on every aspect of my life I think that that transition from being in a you know I came from a human resources in a hospital from an HR background uh, just normal professional job nine to five to um, to what, what's completely different being, you know, owning your own business and entrepreneur and, and being self-employed and having to build your own schedule. It, it's a lot different, but bodybuilding and the, the, um, all of the things that bodybuilding takes to be, um, all the discipline, all the perseverance, uh, everything, you know, you change completely your mindsets uh, 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 on how to approach things. So it even help, help, probably helps today for you on a BJJ world because uh, yeah. you have the physical condition, the strength, you know, the, the, the strong mindset. So those things you inherited from the bodybuilding. Yes, I think the mindset's probably the biggest. Um, and, and the... I mean, the name of your podcast is Overcome. I think that's part of the overcoming, like the mindset and the no quits, um, no, no matter how long it takes. Bodybuilding takes a long time. You you know, you don't compete in bodybuilding. You can't compete in bodybuilding every weekend. Mm -hmm. time. So um, I feel like in jujitsu, belting, you know, and progressing, um, even getting, you know, your stripes on your belts, like, that's time, and some people are too impatient, especially in today's world. We're a, we're a here and now, results now kind of um, world, and and I feel like bodybuilding really prepared me for the patience it takes in jiu-jitsu. In other hand, in jiu-jitsu, you can compete every weekend because there are so many competitions nowadays. Not only IBJJF, but uh, Hunter Pro, Submission Pro. I mean, there are so many opportunities for you to compete that if you want to compete every month, there is always something out there. I think I have been competing every month for like the last few months. Uh, sometimes even with so, COVID. Yes, I feel like I've competed more during COVID, especially the last few months. I I've been competing. Let's see, I want to say at least two or three times a month. Wow. Between, 
super fights and tournaments. Wow. So a lot, you know, but we were having the um, third coast grappling uh, super fights at our gym. Mm -hmm. And so that made it very convenient, obviously. And then um, they were doing those like almost every, every other weekend or every third week. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, is that your gym? Yes. Oh, nice. And so you still uh, training people for shows or preparing, I mean, prep coach or not that anymore? No, I I actually, whenever people come to me for prep, I typically will um, either, I'll just refer them out. Okay. So, yeah, I I don't, um, it's hard. The, uh, I I think that I, I got morally conflicted at some point in my career where I felt like, um, and, and with bodybuilding, especially coaching women, I felt like there was this um, damage that, that typically happens mentally and internally, physically, mm-hmm. hormonally. Right. And, and very few women are, are able to, to manage bodybuilding and maintain their physical and mental health. And stay feminine. And, yes. Yeah. And so I feel like my job but, and my call. But do you really? still coaching people that want to, for example, do a body transformation? And so you, you will uh, not yeah. only train them from the physical perspective, but also nutrition as well? Yes. Okay. So I do. Yes. Um, but, but whenever it comes to like show prep and stuff and, and really depleting the body down, I, I think that there are people that are better than me um, that, that I can refer people to. Um, it's not about money for me. It really is about helping people be healthy and, and fit. And, uh, and for me, um, I thought fi- I found that bodybuilding, um, I, as I was actually able, and I feel, I feel very blessed. I feel like Jeff did a really good job with me, um, uh, helping me maintain a good, healthy mindset, yeah. um, and good physical health. But even with all of the things that we did and all of the, all, as careful as we were, I still had a lot of hormone like balancing for about two years after I stopped bodybuilding. There was a process of like re getting my almost hormone. like a detox process. Yes. And it wasn't that two years of my body not responding and not, you know, to cardio and lifting. And I had to, my, my adrenal system was just shot. And so there was a lot of things you know and in in high in hindsight you realize okay i thought i was being healthy but maybe it wasn't that healthy for me if it, if it caused that much um turmoil in my body into my hormone system in my adrenal system then the, then then what i thought i was doing and being healthy and you think you're eating so healthy but you know mm-hmm. it's depleting the body and and of of things that it needs and ultimately i just felt like i could uh, i can help people be healthy and, and fit And for me, it morally, I have a hard time with the other stuff because because I can't. Once people start going into bodybuilding, it's hard to to step back and, and have a really clear yep. look at yourself. And am I healthy or am I be, am I pushing myself? Yeah, but to be to be honest and fair, you'd never change drastically your your face or your structure. Uh, even yeah. when you're when you were on peak, and even when you were on the peak week, very depleted. You were always extremely feminine. I mean, you always look healthy. 
yeah that and but that was a, that was a big big focus of my prep um and something that when john uh, when jeff and i sat down um you know that was the uh, at the top of my priorities you know yeah. so you always were very conscious about that yes yeah about now that's that you, you brought up a good point about cardio and conditioning i remember that even when you were here in dallas and you were doing bodybuilding you did some you were white belt during that time uh, mm-hmm. And you did some no gi stuff. Um, so the question is, and and you told me once that you were doing those uh, naga competitions and things like that during your off season, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel your condition on the mats is much better today that you are off completely from bodybuilding than it was in the past? Oh yeah. So um, what I found because I because I did for for there for about two shows in my off season, just really to, to change up my cardio, I started jujitsu. Um, so I, I went to Next Generation MMA and uh, with Chris Brennan in Frisco, there right there by where I trained at Willowbend, and um, started doing nogi to just for conditioning for a way in my off season, just not to bounce too hard and, and get overweight mm-hmm. and not be just stuck on a, a stairmaster all off season because you know we kind of get that way during yes. prep so I just thought it would be fun to do something else so that's kind of where that came from and then I just kind of fell in love with it and I didn't expect that um, and you know I did I did one competition and I was like man I really l- like this and I, and it's it's it, a little bit is kind of like the more instant gratification like you train really hard and then you can go compete and see where you need to improve and where not whereas bodybuilding you you train really hard and it's like you know months before you get to get on stage that one time and you're and, and it, it's really relative to who's standing next right. to you right it's extremely subjective because you can do a lot of uh, work and you know the referee will not like your physique that not the referee mm-hmm. the judges will not like your physique and, and and then and a lot of time it's very subjective and, and i think it was the subjectiveness of of bodybuilding that was really hard um, for me to, you know, I, I was again, very, I feel like I got very lucky and I didn't, I didn't ever really feel like me personally, I had any judges like just completely do me wrong, but I saw it, you know, I saw it happen multiple times where, where I'm sitting there watching a show and it was like, how did that person win? And this person didn't, um, and so it's interesting. It was very, and, and so I liked that in jujitsu, I go and I train hard. And if I train hard enough and then I, I go compete, I either win or I lose. And, and if I lose, then I, I find some things I need to work on and then I can go back and work on those things. And then I can go compete as soon as I'm ready, as soon as I feel like I've fixed those things and I don't have to wait another, you know, Right, six right. months. So, you, so in summary, uh, going back to the, the initial question, you think your cardio today is much better? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because in bodybuilding, you know, you, we couldn't do too much cardio. Mm-hmm. So I had an edge, and that was something that Jeff and I, whenever I was, he made me stop doing jujitsu whenever I was prepping for for North Americans for my pro card because it was I was just losing too fat. It was too yeah. much. I had to pull it back and I do I stay pretty lean I, I stay so lean uh in jiu-jitsu even now that you know my menstrual cycle I don't have that anymore and it's not because I'm like 
too lean. Like my body fat's not too low just from consistent training, I guess, but I just don't, it's weird. And, but if, but if I take, you know, like if I were to take like three or four weeks off, like whenever COVID first hit, then my body will start to go back to normal. But whenever I'm training the four or five, six days a week, like I normally do, I, it just goes away now. And bodybuilding, lifting, weight training, that doesn't happen. Now, so one it, thing that is interesting to me, because I did my, not transition per se, I started training jiu-jitsu in 2018, and uh, you know how white belts get uh, injury all the time, so it happened to me as well. Uh, on the first year, I got beat up pretty bad, uh, but never something so serious as I, I had recently when I was uh, competing at the Austin Open. And what I, when I was talking to some friends, I said, look, I bodybuilding for almost eight years and I never got injury ever. Lifting tons of weight, lifting a lot of weight, training heavy and never got injury. Uh, in jiu-jitsu, uh, it happened to me uh, already many times to get injury. Do you also feel that you are way more exposed to injury uh, on jiu-jitsu? I know that you never had a big one, but do you feel that it uh, makes sense to be more exposed to injuries? Uh, well, yeah, it, it, it does absolutely make sense, and I see it all the time. And um, I've been very lucky, and I haven't had any major injuries. The worst injuries that I've had was I popped a rib one time, and that's very painful. Actually, I've done that a couple times. Um, and, uh, let's rolling or oh, competition. Uh, that was just rolling. I think that was dr actually drilling. I think we were, I think we were drilling some judo throws and just, I just landed wrong, um, on the mat, you know, and sometimes that mm -hmm. just happens. You tense up at the wrong time. And, um, I think the only other thing I, ha I had turf toe for a while. Do you know what that is? No. Where it it's the the um, the knuckle of your big toe. Mm. It I, it's like you pivot wrong, mm. and it drains that knuckle. Mm -hmm. So then, literally, just walking, standing hurts. So uh, that that one took about two months to to heal, but I got this toe spacer thing, which fixed it. Um, so I've been really lucky. I, you know, I've had some broken fingers, and. Uh, yeah, because I see way more often uh, people in the jiu-jitsu industry having knee problems, you know, ankle problems, and having to go to surgery. You see all the time. Someone from your gym, I think, Pedro Marino, he had recently had to go to a surgery as well. Um, so it happens way more often. Uh, I think shoulders, knees, like uh, clavicles. So I see, I see a lot of clavicle injuries, uh, shoulder and uh, collarbone. Mm -hmm knees for sure um you know i hurt my knee mountain biking when we went to colorado yeah, i saw that that was crazy because you just went back you stitched and you went back to to ride again crazy <laughs> but we were on vacation and my kids were there and uh, you know i wanted them to have fun and we went so i i had stitches that night and then the next day we were scheduled to go whitewater rafting so i went whitewater rafting and like 12 hour old stitches um, like 14 stitches in my knee. I just couldn't get in the water, but or like physically swim mm -hmm. in the water. But I, I white water rafted with it like that, and it was fine. Um, I mean, it was painful. Of course, it was like throbbing and stuff, but it was fine. So yeah, I mean, I I 
my injuries happen off the mat. I, I haven't really had any major, but I, I see it happen a lot. But, so so when I, you were on the bodybuilding, lifting heavy, you also didn't have any problem, right? No, you know, pull like I would get like, you know, when you're, uh, when you get like the neck, the tenseness in the mm -hmm. neck. Yeah, just sore, um, some soreness here and there. Not nothing major. No, some lower back stuff. Because I, I did go to MAT. You remember Jake? Yep. Uh, Lillibin? Mm -hmm. I went times for like some some hip and lower back stuff. And then my shoulder. I had a couple of shoulder injuries from, you know, doing overhead shoulder mm -hmm. presses. Um, But no, I didn't. I, I've been pretty. My body doesn't. Get injured very easy. That's great. That's yeah. great. And and I've seen some of your fights, and I noticed that most of the time you pull guard and you like to play on the bottom, and then there's a lot of armbar triangle that you do, and, and it's almost it feels like playing on bottom is safer uh, from the injury perspective because I like to play on top, so putting pressure and and it feels like I, I'm more, more exposed uh, and whoever plays on bottom I, I've seen many times they, people are just safer they feel safer from the injury from something happens you know yeah I don't know I don't know if I I don't know if I completely agree with with that for me the bot I actually prefer to be on bottom I guess but or I used to now I I like to be on top but I listen to my coaches, and if I have coaches there, they like my bottom game because they always tell me to pull. Mm. And for me, I think there's like ego, and I'm like, I have to get my takedown points. <laughs> so I feel like I'm always wanting to like work at it. And if I fail, I fail. And the worst case is they'll get some takedown points, and I'll have to work my way back. But I do, I like to fight for the takedown points just because I feel like it's points that just. Get missed. Yeah, but yesterday was like 23 seconds you won the fight, and you pull and you did the arm bar. So I was like, that's your game. <laughs> the game plan, and that was my because my professor, I, I spoke with Professor Brandon Mullins between matches. So um, I was going against the same girl again, and we knew that. So I asked him, and it had gone pretty fast the first match, and she didn't feel um, it wasn't it wasn't a bit really big challenge. And so I asked him if there, if I should maybe like try to work on some things. I, I was thinking like work on a takedown or work on, you know, I was thinking he would give me a particular um, submission mm -hmm. to finish with. And then I was just going to do that. And he actually was like, he just said, no, I think you should just finish it as, as fast as possible and painless as possible. So um, I, he said, he said, just pull and finish it. And so that literally that was my game plan, and that's why it was so fast because that's what he told me to do. Wow, that's interesting. So you are that flexible that you don't have like a preferred game, and you can adjust your game right before the match. Because usually people do have a, a preferred game, right? I mean, I have a friend of mine that his game is uh, deep half guard, so he will go to deep half guard and do everything from there. But it's it it almost feels like you don't have like uh, it does. And I feel like, and sometimes I think I should, like maybe, um, and you know, when people ask me about a uh, purple belt, like when are you going to get your purple belt? It's times like this that I think maybe my, maybe my fight IQ is not purple belt yet. because I don't have, um, answers for things like that. When someone asks me like, what's your favorite submission? 
I don't have a favorite submission. My favorite submission is the one that's available. <laughs> uh, I really don't. I don't. I try not to cling to anything because whenever I do that, um, I'm fanatical, and I will like for a while I got really stuck on kimuras, and I would attack a kimura for so like for the whole match and lose a match because I was so set on getting this arm, and you know, and I would miss. 25 other submission options because I was so set mm -hmm. so I've really worked hard on not attaching myself to any thing in particular and and even like I used to only like to be on the bottom like that was my game and I, and then I, you know I had to change it because I do the absolute and in the absolute I have girls I compete against that are 310 pounds yeah I've, I've seen some of those that you were on bottom getting all the pressure so ideally right we don't really want to be on the bottom of somebody that's that much bigger than you if you can help it and so I had to learn how to be on top and I train with guys mostly you know at the gym and you know you get tired of being on the bottom and just getting smashed all the time and so it was time for me to, to learn top and I did and once I started doing it I realized this isn't that bad um, so I like I like top game too now, and so I'm not I'm not attached to any anything in particular. But I but I don't know if that's just because I I haven't quite reached a level of jujitsu where I've just figured it out. No, I think it's I... just because you are really diverse, and and as you said, you don't have a preferred submission. Whatever is available, that's a great answer because I think the mindset of I'm gonna get it what is available rather than chasing what I know what to do. You know, you, you diversify yeah. your portfolio of options and it's always good to have multiple options. Um, so that's a that's a actually really good way to think. Thank you. Yeah. And um, uh, so going back to um, that initial question of the bodybuilding, the transition uh, from bodybuilding to jiu-jitsu, because I've seen the other day you posted a picture. Uh, I think uh, it was uh, you. You did a leg workout, and you posted a picture of the leg workout, uh, the legs, currently and the legs b before when you were bodybuilding. Of course, it was way leaner. I mean, the the, the striation division was everything there, and um, and now it is not. It's still big, but not as defined as it was in the past. So the question is. The type of training that you're doing today, do you still lift heavy uh, or you are more, way more focused on conditioning? Um, I, do, I try to do both, um, but, but when I was bodybuilding, I, I feel like I didn't lift with, the athlete, with an athletic mindset, meaning I wasn't lifting, I wasn't trying to get as deep as I possibly could and be strong in a very flexible, uh, vulnerable position, you know, in bodybuilding, it's like, you know, you go down to a certain level and you come up and, and it's very straight. I try to lift now in kind of compromising positions. So like I'll do a lot of inverted leg presses with a Smith machine where it's really, because I try to imitate jujitsu movement. Mm. Um, so I'll get really inverted in my leg presses using a Smith machine. Um, and then and then allow it to literally bring my knees to my shoulders and then have to leg press out of mm -hmm. that um, because that's how I get that, stacked can you sometimes. still do with heavy weight as, as you go that deep but not like I'm not putting four plates but I can put like two or three plates on each side of the mm -hmm. smith 
and out of there. Yeah. And that's my goal is like to get stronger. I think I got really strong in the very basic range of motion, but now I'm trying to strengthen deeper, further. And the, the, you know, the deeper you get in a squat, the harder it is to come yeah. out. Right. So I'm trying to get myself stronger in that very lowest, deepest position mm-hmm. because that able to explode out of injuries. What about so what about just... arms? Uh, and and sh- and do you still training uh, shoulders, back? I mean, every single body part, or do you doing more like compound training? I don't. Yeah, I don't do a lot of like side raises and front raises like I used to. Like not near as many. I still do them, but I don't do them like I fanatically like we used to. Like that was like staple in your workout, every shoulder workout, mm-hmm. right? I don't do that anymore. Um, I, I use a lot of grips, so like even whenever I'm rowing or doing any kind of cable pulls, pull downs, I typically use a towel or I'll keep two towels with me, and so I use towels, so I'm grip training at all times with all of my pulls, because for me in jiu-jitsu, um, my back, it's not, it doesn't matter how strong my back is if my grip can't hold that strength. Yep. So getting really strong in my back um, using like re- using Versa grips or something it doesn't make any sense in jiu-jitsu because yeah. for me in my mind so I really am trying to strengthen my back but also my grips to be strong enough to bear that strength well I, I so, really admire the fact that you are training very focused on movements that are good for you on your jiu-jitsu game because it is hard. It is hard to transition from training to have a good physique, which is a completely different tra- type of training than training to a fight where you are focusing specific movements and conditioning. Um, because you would not have the same body shape as you had in in the bodybuilding and. It's, it's interesting that you never really mess up with your head. I mean, leaving that uh, uh, sculpture, you know, uh, body shape that you you used to train so hard to have, just something more dynamic you... today. Well, I actually prefer on if honestly now. I mean, when I was focused on bodybuilding and and my goal was my pro card getting bigger was like exciting and and it was it was the goal. But in clothes and, and from a feminine aspect and, and being a girly girl and like wearing dresses and stuff, I prefer my athlete body uh, more than my bodybuilder mm-hmm. body. It's just longer, leaner. Still, I mean, I still have muscle. Uh, and and you, you can tell that I, you know, that, that I've weight trained quite a bit. Yeah. So it's not like I'm gone, but all gone. But it's just a smaller version of, of the size that I was. And and I feel like I've just lengthened the muscles a little bit. They're, they're not so bulky. The, uh, your so weight I, today is way lower than was when you were training bodybuilding? Like your weight class on, on jiu-jitsu, I don't remember what, what was your weight class. But is it a lot of difference? Uh, so, so my weight class in jiu-jitsu, I, I walk around basically like 155 and I don't really cut for competition. I had to cut this time because we went to Mexico for 11 days and I drank pina coladas. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to cut a little bit of weight this time, but it was just like water weight. Um, so I walk around at like 155. I was walking around about 185 in my off season. Wow. And 
And then I would cut down to 135 for stage. <sighs> wow. That's a big... So you were cutting 50... Is that it? 50 pounds you were cutting? Yeah, but we but I did like a 25, 30-week cut. Mm. It was slow, like, you know, very long, slow process. It wasn't like a 12-week prep like most people do. Wow. So... And um, I guess, you know, I guess I should say when we start and when we started the my my actual prep, I would probably say we'd are I'd already gotten rid of some of that. So that would be like a, in, in my bulk. So in my bulk, one eighty five, I think one ninety, and then um, you know when we, as we were getting closer to prep starting, mm -hmm. I go ahead and drop about fifteen pounds. And then we would probably start about 175. So it's, it's amazing, and amazing that you, you found the sweet spot. See, if you, nowadays you walk with 155, which is not as dry as 135 as you were, and it's not as big as 185, right? As you were on your you know peak of bulking. Um, so 155 is your sweet spot. You feel good, you, you fast, uh, you have uh, strength, you don't lose strength because you don't need to cut, and you, and you have uh, very good condition. Yeah, I feel good at this weight. I, I, I could cut down to the, the next weight class below, but you know, I've cut in the past and I just don't feel good. I don't I don't I don't like I like to be able to get up and eat pancakes mm -hmm. <laughs> before I like to eat. I, I'm not I'm not a person that likes to train fat fasted and I don't I definitely don't want to compete fasted. I like to be able to drink uh, Pedialyte and water, um, be fully hydrated and, and have eaten before I compete, so I don't like to cut. I when like you when you won way. the words, you won on this division, 155? Yeah, yeah our, so our weight class in the gi, we have to be under 163. Okay, so... Um, I actually am already, I think, in, I think in gi, I'm already, I may already be in the next weight class below, but I stay in medium heavy because my weight fluctuates. Sometimes, like whenever I travel, when we went to Worlds, actually, I had to cut. Like, I actually had to to get towels and um, Epsom salt and sit in the bath for, like, three hours to cut. I think we had to cut, like, 12 pounds. Jeez. So when I there... What, ha what happened that you have to cut, like, in the last minute? Because I don't know. I don't travel well a lot of times. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll get on a plane and get off the plane, and I'll gain 10 pounds. Ah. The craziest thing. So uh, just... For some reason, whenever I travel, sometimes I don't. A lot I don't of water well. retention. A lot what? of water retention, probably, right? I'm also a big, big sweater. Like I'm probably one of the sweatiest people on the mats. So I think it has something to do with that. Like I, I just flush through. I drink a lot of water. I flush a lot of water. But then I can retain a lot of yeah. water. But I can be fast. Like I said, I can, I can get in a sauna or in a hot bath, and I'll just put like some towels on the top of the water. To, to keep the heat in and uh, I can cut weight pretty fast because um, it's, it's just water but I, I hold water really bad and I don't know why how many matches did you have on the words at worlds uh, no gi or gi I won both in gi I think there was three or four that's only four yeah um, and I didn't and I didn't do the open 
at at Worlds because it was going to be like I was going to have to be there for like another I think like four or five hours and we hadn't eaten anything and I just I wasn't feeling it so um, I, in hindsight I wish kind of wish I had stayed now are you planning to do uh, the Open this year? Uh, in at Masters Worlds? Yeah, yeah if I go oh so you're not seen, you don't I, know if you go yet? Yeah, I, I talked to Draculino. I'm signed up. I'm registered for it. I talked to Draculino yesterday. You know, the, out, they, after they put Worlds out, and I, I registered for that, then they uh, recently put out American Nationals. And um, my my biggest thing with Worlds right now is, is as you know, um, the Brazilians can't come. Mm-hmm. And competing at Worlds without the Brazilians and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu just feels... It doesn't feel like worlds. Oh, but there's a lot of um, Brazilians in US. <laughs> yeah. There, and you're right. You're right. But but not just Brazilians, though. But it's worlds should be everybody should be able to come. And because of travel restrictions, yep. um, you know, it's not going to be worlds. It's going to be who whoever's allowed to, to be there right now. So just with that said, if I had to pick one, so I went ahead and registered for American Nationals also because. I'll be able to compete in gi and no gi there. Um, but it's like a, a week or two before Masters Worlds. I, I may end up going to both. And then I, I found out yesterday, too, that our belt promotion is uh, November 28th, I think. So you, so you so, don't know if the purple is coming. <laughs> so that could... And that's like a few days before I would leave. I think that's like a couple of days before I would have to leave to go to American Nationals. So, you know, there's a lot in the air right now for me. I don't I don't know how that works if if I if I were to purple belt if I'm already registered at American Nationals if I would just go ahead and compete at blue. Um and I think that 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 kind of changes things for me like if I purple I don't know, I guess I would need to talk to Drac and see like if I purple, do I need do I have any business going mm-hmm. straight American nationals and worlds, mm-hmm. you know, when I competitions in my purple belt. So there, it's kind of like I, I'm registered for those those competitions, but I just found out yesterday that, that they're having the belt promotion. Usually it's in December, and and they said yesterday they couldn't find a date, so they bumped it back. So that kind of threw me off. So, but I'm already registered for both. I, I'm kind of I talked to Drac yesterday and said if I had to pick one, which one would you pick? And he, because I haven't won American Nationals yet, right. yet I've already won Worlds, he said uh, to definitely do American Nationals. He said to do whatever I want. Uh, he would support me in either one, but, but to, the, the, he thinks American Nationals would be good because I can do both gi and no gi. Yeah, that's, yeah and it, it is a title that you don't have yet, so it makes sense. Yeah, so especially, so I was really, uh, I was really, in my mind, I was like, oh, that'll be one more thing I can finish out my blue belt but then they told me that that the belt ceremony was november 28th so i don't know if that's going to happen well but, it'll be nice so. if he hold your belt and give you on this on the podium i think it's pretty cool yeah 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 so i i kind of hope i get i have all my i need to get all my medals together for my blue belt but jonathan asked me last night how many uh gold medals i have at blue and when he asked me and i started like counting it out in my head and Thinking of all the ones I have, I have them in a couple of different places. It's quite a bit, so I'm excited to like get them all out and with my blue belt and maybe take a picture or something. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Well, 
very inspiring um, story in both careers that you have. Um, um, you are super blessed. You not never had a, an injury in none of those sports, and I hope you stay protected uh, like this and, and, and strong like this uh, on your purple belt, your brown and black. I'm, I'm sure that you're going to do great when you go to purple. You have a really high level. Uh, I've seen your fights. It's always very secure. It's extremely admirable how um, you know calm you are. It's always it's like you are just you know doing your thing and you have the patience to look to your coach and hear him because when I'm on the mat I have a hard time to you know hear my coach talking and, and uh i'm so focused that i it's like everything is off it's just me and the and the opponent and it looks like you don't have this problem and this is uh, shows how calm you are when you're on the mat so that's a pretty cool thing i feel like and, and i've had i've actually had other people ask me about that because they've said like when i'm watching you i literally can hear your coach on your videos and you respond to everything that they say i it's weird whenever I'm competing, I don't hear anything else. All I hear is my is Draculino or Lucas, especially those two, Adian. When when those when they're coaching me, I literally everything else goes away, fades away, and I don't hear any of it. All I hear is is their coaching, their words and and, and I'm literally in my head, they'll be like, Okay, move your right hand to her left foot and I have to like look at I'm like in my brain looking at my hands trying to figure out which one's my right <laughs> hand so I can <laughs> that's amazing but, yeah but but I do it's it's like it's like in the movies like where everything fogs out and it's just that what's tunnel vision I, I get tunnel sound from them it's it's very interesting but Drek has a very a, a unique voice I feel like he I just he I can always hear him above everyone else, and I don't know if it's because I'm, I hear him in class every day and I'm so acclimated to his voice, or if it's really like just a, a unique voice. I'm not sure if other people feel the same way, but that's how I feel. Yeah, no, that's, and also because you are calm, because if you're not calm, you probably will have a hard time to, uh, to not only hear, but also follow the instructions, which is the other thing, right? Because some people they hear, but they do they don't really follow the instruction, and it, it sounds like you do follow instructions. I do. I trust you know. I trust what they tell me over like my own decision making because they can see things that I I can't from where they're standing, and they know so much more jujitsu than me, obviously. So, so if I have somebody willing to give me instruction from the side and I especially my, you know, Drac or my, my coaches um, and professors, they know me and they know my game. They build, they, they are building my game as we go. So um, I very much trust their, uh, their guidance over my, my own uh, choices <laughs> because I put myself in some really compromising situations sometimes. <laughs> Amazing, Cassidy. Thank you very much for joining today. Uh, it was uh, a great conversation. Uh, I think um, this conversation and, and all the testimony around both sports is something that we inspire a lot of people. Uh, thank you for taking the time post-show on Sunday where you could be just uh, resting. Um, you open yourself to be available for uh, this conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Yuri. Have a great day. You too. Take care.